Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. We've seen that with the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner on the privacy side of things. For, for, very, for a very long time, in fact, the Commissioner has been focused on raising education and awareness around privacy compliance, and that's now that conversation's a narrative sharpened a little bit, and uh, they're talking more about enforcement. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher, I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have with us partner Gaydens, Dudley Neller. Hi, Dudley. How are you doing? Welcome back. Good. Uh, good. Thanks, Kwame. Thanks for having us. So the last time we spoke, we were talking a bit about privacy, and I think that was back before the conference even. But today we're going to be talking about cyber, cybersecurity, and cyber resilience, more specifically looking at APRA's expectations to the CPS 234 and ASIC's expectations around resilience of its regulated entities. So I thought we'd just jump straight in and start with APRA and CPS 234. Uh, what is it and what does it mean for organizations? Thanks, Kwame. It's been around for a little while. Just to sort of step through it very briefly, the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority or APRA puts out a number of prudential standards and, and the 234 relates to information security. So in terms of its application, it's intended to apply across all of the regulated entities for, for APRA. So we're talking there about uh, banks, credit unions, any sort of authorised deposit taking institution or, or ADI. It always also extends out a little bit further to and includes superannuation funds, life insurers, friendly societies, general insurers, private health insurers also. So very much focused on, on that financial services, consumer facing sector. And it's very much about the information security practices that, that that apply to the sector. So uh, wanting to ensure that those entities have good, if not really good, information security practices, policies, procedures in place in terms of their business. Uh, so do you find that with the CPS 234 that organisations, and I know it's it's been a little while, are the frameworks mature around this space or is there still some work to be done? I think it's really a mixed bag. There are certain, as you'd expect, that the larger players in the in the sector have a very sophisticated approach to compliance, and and that includes their approach to cybersecurity compliance. Um, some of the smaller players in the in the sector do struggle, and they struggle for any number of of reasons. Um, obviously, there's a cost and time associated with investing in cyber resilience and ensuring that as an organization you filter that back through the way that uh, through filter that back through your your processes and procedures there is a an ongoing or current case at the moment which is set down for trial in april it's a case in the federal court asex brought against a, a company called ri advice group and in, in relation to their failure to, to maintain adequate cybersecurity systems. So everyone's watching that case pretty closely to see what, what comes out of it and, and also to see whether or not it provides a bit of guidance to AFSL holders in terms of you know, what they do need to have in place to, um, to meet the requirements from a, from a cybersecurity perspective. Yeah, sure. Uh, so you mentioned size as a, as a factor. Is, is it industry specific as well? for those who are having challenges to meet their obligations? Yeah, without sort of calling out particular industries, there are, there are as you expect, the, the financial services industry and those industries outside of that that are in the regulated space, so the utilities-based industries, telco as well, tend to have more of a sophisticated approach to, to cybersecurity and, and, and in some ways all things compliance. But often that's 
because they, they have a, a regulator that they need to report into and ensure that they meet those requirements. Those industries that aren't strictly regulated, so retail manufacturing in, in, some, in some instances, do tend to, to invest their resources elsewhere. And, and obviously with the, the challenges that we've got with COVID at the moment, that retail sector has found it very difficult to, to make the time effort and spend the money on, on cybersecurity. So we, we do see some, some challenges for them for that particular sector in, in relation to cybersecurity issues. And so we're going to jump to the other financial regulator. We're going to talk about ASIC um, and their expectations around resilience. So I know, again, this is a piece that's been published a little while ago, and I know there's been communication back and forth. But again, what what are the expectations from ASIC and how are organizations dealing with this? Well, I mean, as I mentioned, there's this DRI case that's currently ongoing. So I think everyone's watching that fairly closely. ASIC's been, I, I suggest, fairly active in relation to wanting to draw attention to the importance of cybersecurity. There's been a, an emphasis or a shift in emphasis in some ways to board and board compliance and, and, and better governance by directors, um, ensuring the directors put in place appropriate risk management frameworks, helping boards understand how to take ownership of cyber risk um, and making it very clear that their expectation as a regulator is that directors will take on cyber risk as a, uh, as a priority and, and not just push it down to, to the technology team or, or companies that they work with, um, but, but take it on at board level. And yeah, and do you find, again, same questions as, again, does, do you feel like organizations are still, are there aspects of this that organizations are still struggling with? I know you've, you've mentioned a, an example already, but is that across the board or is that sort of an aberration? Um, I think um, organizations are still struggling with it. I think it's certainly that something that as a risk, it's very much on the radar for them now. And, and the regulators are starting to move move the conversation slightly from that um, education and awareness raising to more of an enforcement type conversation. We've seen that with the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner on the privacy side of things. For, for very for a very long time, in fact, the Commissioner had been focused on raising education and awareness around privacy compliance. And that's now that conversation's and narrative sharpened a little bit and uh, they're talking more about enforcement. We're seeing that same conversation and that same narrative changing with ASIC and APRA also, who I think have probably more quickly moved to an enforcement type discussions. And, and certainly that's been brought out by the, you know, the recent federal court proceedings from, from ASIC. So it's something that they're taking very seriously. And, and we also have in the offing further regulatory change occurring, likely to, to occur to the Privacy Act at some point this year, following the Attorney General's consultation uh, late last year. So certainly there's a move from all of those, all three of those uh, regulators to to take a more active role in terms of managing and enforcing compliance, particularly around this cyber security space. So with the, you know, with this sort of, I guess, more of an enforcement focus coming from the two financial regulators and the privacy regulator, do you think that they're providing, or I don't know if you've heard um, organizations talking about this, but is there a sense that they're getting enough guidance to help meet these obligations or is, do they wish, could there be more? I think there could always be more. Um, I think they're doing their, all three of those regulators are doing their best. Um, the Privacy Commissioner um, in, in particular works very hard to to put, you know, on, on a fairly limited budget, although that has increased in recent times, to put out 
education and, and content around compliance requirements, so too with, with ASIC and, and to a lesser extent APRA. So I do think there's always more, more that can be done. Uh, as an organisation, certainly you look to your regulator for guidance and assistance and it, it's always a careful conversation that you have with them, but a lot of the organisations in that regulated space are fairly comfortable in, in their dealings with the regulator, but they also obviously look outside of that relationship and will, will speak to to their consultants, their accountants, their lawyers who work in that space. Um, they'll also engage with other agencies, such as Australian Signals Directorate, to, to get some guidance around managing cyber security risk uh, more broadly. So there's, there's, there's a lot of options for organisations to, to learn more and understand what they can do to, to, to do more in, in that space. It's, it's a question of time. It's a question of effort and money, ultimately, at the end of the day. Well, coming on to the, the final question, where I'd like to get some words of wisdom from our interviewee. So any words of wisdom to help organizations navigate, you know, this increased um, risk exposure to cyber risk and cyber threats, as well as, I guess, the regulatory risk side of it, of the more of an enforcement focus from the regulators? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, I think it, it probably goes without saying that acknowledging that cyber risk is a priority risk for your organization, investing time and effort and money to put in place good governance and controls to manage that risk more effectively to mitigate, reduce that risk. Being aware that cyber risk is evolving, it's not something that's static. And so any steps that you do take to uplift your approach to cybersecurity will need to evolve and adapt over time as well. So it's a constant investment that's required both in terms of uh, raising awareness with your, your people within the org- your organisation, but, but also in terms of your, your infrastructure um, as well to deal with the, the technical risk elements. And, uh, and, and I guess never being satisfied that you've, you've got it under, under control. So, you know, constantly challenging, constantly looking to test your incident response plans and make sure that they're effective, responding quickly to, um, to any new threat that, that appears or is, is advised by the people that you're working with. And, uh, and I think one of the, the big takeaways is, is understanding that a lot of the cyber risk issues or incidents arise from, from third parties uh, that you might deal with. So third-party vendor risk or, or, or other partners that you might be working with, um, it's not necessarily your organisation that, that, that ha- encounters the issue or the problem. It, it might be that it, it's your third parties that uh, have had an issue or a problem and you really need to understand how to, to manage that relationship um, in terms of reducing cyber, uh, cyber risk to your own organisation. Sure. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dudley. Thanks, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.